Hi, I'm Ben and welcome to the Productive Project Manager podcast, where I'll be talking to you about project management, agile delivery and how you can improve your productivity at home and at work. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Productive Project Manager podcast. And this week I'm going to be talking to you about how to run kick-ass meetings. And this is taken from the webinar that I hosted a few weeks back. And it's part two of four episodes. Part one was how to stay in control of your project. And this week is how to run kick-ass meetings. And this content and these approaches were all taken from my Surviving Remote Project Management webinar. And in this webinar, I take you through multiple approaches on how you can improve as a project manager working remotely with your teams lots of actionable tips that you can take straight away that will make a difference to your project. So this week, how to run kick-ass meetings. Now, meetings, it's not everyone's favorite topic. Just recently, I saw a tweet from someone who was moaning about the meeting that they just had. And what they said is, why can you just done this in an email? Why get all these people together in a meeting, whether that's remotely or face-to-face, when you could just send one quick message. And meetings done badly, you know, they kill morale, productivity can dip, if the engagement is terrible. But if they're done well, then they're a fantastic way to collaborate and make decisions, build relationships, solve problems, you know, come up with new ideas. But running meetings remotely is just much tougher than being in office. But the good thing is, now that the majority of us are working remotely, it's shined a light on just how important it is to only have meetings when you really need them. Because otherwise, the impact of being on a Zoom call or a Teams call, whatever it might be, all day long is really draining, like a lot worse than it was when you were actually in the office. So I'm going to take you through some tips on structuring a meeting, like running one and closing one. It's not a full end-to-end approach covering every type of meeting, so workshops, team meetings. It's not going to be relevant for every single one of your project meetings. But like the rest of the content in the webinar, it's just taking you some approaches and tips that could work well for you so you can take small elements of it. And also, what I should say, running amazing meetings, it's not about having some incredible deck design and lots of big bang whizzy ideas that just everyone is just really amazed about because most meetings don't need that. And the meetings that we all participate in most days, the good ones are the ones that are run well, you know, on time, clear objectives, outcomes, good collaboration in the meetings. And these are the things that I'm going to be talking about. So focusing on the basics. So the first section is before you book, ask yourself the following questions. Do I need this meeting or can the topic be solved in any other way? So, like I said earlier, that could be an email. It could be a Slack message. Can you have that same conversation in a meeting that's already booked? Don't just go to the default and book a meeting. Think about can you solve it in any other way before you book it? And then the next one is what is the outcome of the meeting? So if you don't know what the outcome needs to be, then you shouldn't be booking that meeting because you're going to go in there and it's not going to have direction. You're going to be having all sorts of different topics, even with a clear agenda. And by the end of it, you might just go, 
actually still not solve what we need. Why is that? It's because you don't have a clear outcome. So be really sure what your outcome is before you book that meeting. Then who do you need to attend? Quite often you default to the, the same attendees, but you should only invite people who are gonna to contribute to that meeting. The ones who can make the decision if that's what's needed. The ones who are gonna contribute when it comes to coming up with new ideas or problem solving. Don't just invite the normal attendees. If someone is on your list and you can't think of what they're gonna offer, don't invite them. It's only gonna waste their time and yours. And the last thing before you book is, have a think about what is the shortest time I can do this in? Again, you might default to an hour for your meetings. Why can't you do it in 45? Can you do it in 30? You know, the shorter the meeting, the more focused it's typically gonna be because people know that they haven't got that much time. Knowing you've got an hour, that's a long time to sit on a Zoom call, but knowing you've only got 30 minutes, then you know you need to move fast because you can see the end in sight once you get started. The next section is know the meeting you're preparing for. So if you simplify meetings, you know, you have an agenda, you have a facilitator, you know, you have an outcome. But how you run those meetings is going to change depending on the meeting type. So is it a team building meeting, you know, fun, collaborative, engaging, or do you need to do some ideation? So it needs to be free flowing, you know, inspiring to the attendees. Or is it just a status update? You know, clear agenda, action focus. Or it could be, right, I need to make a decision before we finish this meeting. So you must have a clear objective for the attendees so they fully understand the decision that needs to be made. Or it could be problem solving. Again, you need to really clearly articulate what the problem is and then explain what the outcome you're trying to meet. So if you don't do that, then you're gonna to struggle to solve that problem. So know the meeting you're preparing for and then shape the approach accordingly, depending on what it is. The next one is meeting timings. So when you're defining your meeting structure, always plan for some time at the start for context setting, hellos, introductions. You know, this can really vary on what you'd cover here, depending on the meeting type depending if it's a new team, a client's there you haven't met before. You know, there's lots of different variations to it, but always plan for some time at the start. And I say five minutes, but if it's a big workshop and it's all online, then I would plan for probably 15 minutes because one, you've got to get everyone on, you're going to do introductions, hellos, you're going to make sure everyone understands the approach for the day. There's a lot to go through. Then the next one is, always have a reminder 10 minutes before the end of the meeting to stop the conversation and review the actions. And you do this because quite often actions get left right to the end and you often run out of time. So they're rushed and things get missed. And there might be a really clear action that you've either assumed someone else is gonna do or you just missed it completely. So having that check early on is a really good way to make sure you get your actions covered and then time box each section. The way you approach this can vary. It could be, you know, if you've got an ideation session, you could say, right, now we're just gonna do a whiteboard session, you know, on a digital whiteboard for the next 20 minutes, get as many ideas as possible up on that whiteboard, and you hit the time and you go. And to help with this, have a visible timer that everyone can see on the screen. Because 
not only does it tell everyone when they need to stop, it also helps with facilitating the, the attendees in the room who like to talk a little bit more because they can see a timer ticking and they're not gonna to wanna to talk for the whole 20 minutes if that's what you set it for. So have a visible timer. And then this is really important, always plan to end the meeting five minutes before the actual plan finish time. This really helps with online meetings because quite often the attendees might be back to back in other meetings and there's no break. You know, they can't nip to the toilet, they can't go and get a drink, whatever it might be. And it's a really nice thing if you say, right, we're going to finish five minutes before, everyone really appreciates it. And this goes back to what I said at the start about it's not all about flashy things in meetings. It's just about doing things that really work well and you're taking in consideration the attendees you have in the room. The next is facilitator preparation. So typically as the project manager, you often are the facilitator in a meeting. And you need to be an expert on the tool that you're using, whether that's Zoom or Teams or Mural, whatever it might be, because in the office, if there's a problem with a tool, you can normally get away with it because you could just take a slightly different approach, just literally write things up on the wall or whatever it might be. But online, you know, if you don't know how to fix the problem when you're working online and remotely, then you could be stopping the whole meeting. So you need to be able to fix things quickly. And if you don't, understand the tool you're using it's going to show you up as well so be an expert on the tool and then again i mentioned this before know your outcome be really clear on that outcome because then when you're facilitating that meeting you can help guide the conversation to make sure you're moving towards the outcome the meeting needs and also create some pre-reading for you and your attendees this is call it homework if you like but having some preparation in progress before the meeting just means everyone can just start much much faster rather than having to do lots of context setting and people going off in the wrong direction at the start get everyone aligned before if you can but also be prepared for some attendees not reading that pre reading that you've given them so if that's the case you need to do a high level run through of what's being shared and then organize a co-facilitator now when you're in the office you don't really need a co-facilitator. You might have note taker and things like that, but you're going to be there. You know, you're not going to be called out at the halfway through. But working online, if your internet goes down, everyone is just sat there. What do we do? Ben's gone. He was running the meeting. I don't know what's happening next. And you're going to waste lots of people's time. It's going to be really frustrating. You're going to, you're going to feel terrible as well. So have someone who can co-facilitate where if the worst case happens, you're cut off or you have a bad connection. They can just jump in and just continue the conversation to keep, keep it moving until you're able to get back on. Really important for remote meetings. And the last one in this section is distribute the agenda throughout the team. Now, this really helps with getting people to speak up, have give you feedback in the meeting now really get involved in the meeting everyone has an element that they can stay focused on so that just means rather than people just sitting back at home starting to lose a bit of interest they have something they need to talk about shortly so they're going to stay focused because the worst thing is they're distracted and it comes to their section and they're just not ready for it so distribute the agenda throughout the team wherever you can 
Next, you know, starting the meeting. So start it with a structured and focused opening. Have videos on. I know this is an obvious one, but it really does make a big difference when you can see everyone in front of you. It also gets everyone more engaged knowing that everyone can see them as well. And get everyone to introduce themselves or you introduce everyone on the call. You know, it really depends on the meeting type, new clients, you know everyone. Yes, if it's a project team you've been working for months, you don't need to do this, obviously. But for newer teams, it's a really good way to get people engaged from the start. And also, you don't have to be quite as blunt as this, but getting your attendee to be present, you know, you can say things like, well, I recommend everyone goes full screen on this presentation I'm going to run through because there's a lot of information on the slides so it'll be much easier to read. And hopefully the attendees will do that. They don't have to, but it'll at least make them more focused and less likely they're going to be distracted by something. And then again, explain the meeting outcome. Really important. Get everyone aligned on what you're trying to achieve. And following that, explain the approach. How are you going to do it? So going back to when I spoke about knowing the meeting that you're preparing for earlier, this is where the, the different approaches come into play. And then when you're running the meeting, there's some things that can really help with keeping people engaged. First one is do a check-in on progress. Just simple things like, is everyone okay with the progress so far? Anything we need to cover that we haven't? Just prepare a few little questions like that rather than just letting the meeting flow continually because there might be some people in that room going this is not going towards the direction I hope for and by putting a stop to it at the right moments you give these people a chance to speak up and jump in and hopefully save the meeting if it isn't going in the right way. The next one is have an attendee engagement check so just be wary about who is engaging and who isn't and the ones who aren't ask them for feedback you know, get them involved. You need to change the energy in the meeting, which is tricky when it's digital, but you can do it. Give them something to do. That could be literally asking for their opinion. But you don't want to have observers because observers just sit back. They're not really thinking. They're not really engaging. And they might have something that they could really contribute, but they're not thinking about it because they're not in the right mindset. So keep a close eye on who's speaking and who isn't and get them involved if they're not talking. The next one is create a parking lot. This is a really great way to keep people focused on the outcome and not get distracted by, in some cases, what they want to talk about themselves. If you haven't heard of the parking lot before, it's something really simple. If you're in the office, quite often we have a, a whiteboard up or it could be an A1 board. You literally just write parking lot on the top. If anyone starts to divert away from the outcome or the agenda, then you can essentially just say, I think that's a parking lot item. And you move it onto that, in this case, a digital whiteboard. In the old days, it was on a, the A1 board or the, or the actual physical whiteboard. And it just really helps facilitation. And what I always do is, as well is at the start of the meeting, I explain about the parking lot, but I ask everyone to contribute to it. And whether that's if they think of something that's not quite on topic, they can just put it on that digital whiteboard. Or if someone is talking too much and going off topic, they can call parking lot. This is especially helpful when you've got clients and you're feeling a little bit, do I really want to interrupt them? If their colleagues do it, it's not as bad. So get everyone to contribute to this. Then the next one is be brave with announcing timings because the team and the attendees will thank you for it. 
And I go back to some points I made earlier when you have the talkers in the room and the meeting's flowing. It seems like it's flowing really well, but there's just too much talking and you might not be getting to the outcome you need quick enough. So as a project manager, jump in, tell everyone we're 30 minutes in. Are we happy with the progress? We've only got 20 minutes left. Shall we stop this conversation, move on? And what you'll find is quite often other attendees go, thank you, yeah, let's stop that. Let's move on to something else. And you'll just get such a greater collaboration from the team. They'll appreciate it. And you'll more likely get the outcomes you're trying to achieve. The next one while you're running the meeting is how to interject. Now, this is really tough when you're in a face-to-face meeting, but digitally it's even harder because in some cases you can't even see them. You know, you feel quite rude interrupting people, but the best way to do it, either you can put your hand up, you know, if you've made that decision at the start around one of your meeting rules to say, you know, if a hand goes up, someone's got something to say and if they can see you, then hopefully they'll stop. But another good way of doing it, which you may have noticed TV interviewers doing this, is they wait for the last couple of words of a sentence and then they jump in. They don't wait till that person has finished that sentence because by the time they're starting to interject, they've already moved on and they can't catch them. So just wait to the last couple of words of the sentence, jump in, and it just comes across as like you're not really interrupting them. You're just contributing to what they're saying and it's a great way to essentially cut them off and you can then move them on to something else. And the last one is really important with remote work. This is about empowering the team when it comes to dropping off from a meeting. I've had examples recently where we've had a couple of people, we've been doing a planning call and a couple of the attendees said, I don't think we're really gonna be talking about this particular area of the project. Can I jump off because you know I've got work to do? And we're like, yeah, of course. We thought you, you might be needed, but you're not. You know, just leave. So empower the team to speak up. And that can also be the case when the meetings are getting booked. If you get a meeting invite and you're like, I've got nothing to contribute to this, then empower the team to be able to reply and just say, I don't need to be in it. Don't just decline with no context at all. Obviously, they need to come back and give a reason for it. But empower the team to do that because you're then not getting the team wasting their time in meetings they shouldn't be in. And then finally closing so when closing the meeting you really need to think about the timings that you've provided up front because otherwise you might lose some respect by the attendees if you don't especially if you've planned a well detailed agenda so as i mentioned earlier provide those timing reminders as you're coming close to the end you want to review the original planned outcomes or the objectives you set for that meeting because if you've hit them Fantastic, you know, you want to share that and celebrate that in the meeting. If you haven't, then you want to quickly make a decision on what you're going to do next in your actions. And on actions, ask the attendees to confirm their actions. This is because it's quite hard to catch every action as a project manager if you're the one tracking them. But telling the attendees up front and then also at the end that they need to capture their own actions and we'll do a round table at the end to confirm them makes them think a little bit more and they'll write them down and they may raise some that you actually missed. Now, ideally, you're catching all of them, but go around the table, the virtual table, and ask the attendees to confirm their actions before the meeting is finished. And then highlight the meeting as finished five minutes early. So if you're able to do that, 
don't just finish and go because lots of people might not even realize tell them we finished five minutes early enjoy your five minutes break i hope you haven't got another meeting to go to straight away and they'll really appreciate and they'll come out of your meeting in a much more positive frame of mind and the last thing is explain the next steps and the owners so you capture the actions but then there's some clear next steps that you need to take as well and make sure you have assigned the owners for each one don't just talk through the next steps say who is doing it and ideally they give an indication of when they can do it by as well okay that is it that was how to run kick-ass meetings and as i said it's not about doing anything flash and amazing it's about doing the basics really well and the more you practice those basics the better your meetings will become the more attendees will enjoy coming to your meetings they'll be more engaged they'll collaborate more so just focus on always making these small improvements to your meetings and as you go you can then to start make iterations on it and have slightly different approaches depending on the meeting type and before you know it meetings will be enjoyable again and people won't be moaning when you invite them to one of your meetings all right so that was how to run kick-ass meetings that was the second part of four from the webinar and next week we're going to be looking at how to maximize team collaboration and the final part of this podcast series will be how to maximize your productivity from home all right i'll see you on the next one that's it i hope you found that useful I'd love to get your feedback on the show and for more content you can visit www.teambenwilmot.com or get in contact at Team Ben Wilmot on Twitter. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate a review on Apple Podcast or a follow on Spotify. All right, thank you and see you next time.